Hockey Podcast Network. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup. So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Federico, Turnbull, Gilmore, Brown, Chattel, Bothwell, Bay, Bitch, Mahar, Mullen, Millen, Sutter, Pedersen, Pavisey, Curry, Zookley, Uthard, Hunter, Schofield, Reeves, Ramage, Kia, Dunlop, Wickenheiser, Crombie, Benning, Raglan, Ewan, Nicoletti, Ramage, Romming, Pavlovsky, Evans, Cavallini, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, gimme a let's go blues. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that 2019 Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we're talking about St. Louis. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined as always by the man called Wags. Wags, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. It is fall. Yes, it's hockey weather, but it's also chilly weather i can't wait i'm so excited i'm having my first bowl tonight it feels so much like hockey you know hockey weather right now but we don't have nhl hockey because covid is stupid anyway let's go ahead and uh, you know have a fun happy episode today we've got a lot in store for you today including just a primer about who exactly tory krug is uh from a diehard boston fan the most diehard boston fan that i know she is uh, one of our newest hosts on the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, Renee Cummings and her dad. Uh, they co-host uh, Generation Bruins here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, we're going to ask them some questions about one Tory Krug and just who exactly the Blues are getting here. Uh, also want to give a quick shout out to our uh, Blue Notes Question of the Week winner less uh, from this past week. And uh, he is on Twitter. He is known as Tony N. At toe knee boy twenty four, like your foot toe, your knee boy b o i twenty four. Love it. So Tony, we're gonna contact you after the show here to uh, get you set up with a Blue Notes Classic tee. Which, uh, if you uh, are watching the stream, you may have noticed that uh, at least one of us has a brand new Blue Notes tee. Wax, show that thing off. It is a Ooh. thing of beauty. It is beautiful and it's comfortable. And when I got it, I told you, I go, this almost feels like my roller hockey jersey. It's it's slick. It's smooth. It's breathable. It's it's sweet. I'll leave it at that. And there's a backside of it, too, that I'm, I can't really show you right now. But it is blue notes through and through. And it looks beautiful. Yeah, we'll put the link in the description on where you can get one of those. Um, also, uh, I got mine as well. Uh, a classic tea. Uh we have a couple different uh, T-shirt options at teespring.com slash doors slash blue notes. Uh, this is uh, the one with the logo. Uh, yours is the one with the wordmark. The wordmark ones I had to take down just because 
your shirt has a small error in it, so I gotta, I have to, I, I had to take it down. I, I'll repost it uh, here later on in this week as well. So, um, yes, uh, lots happening here with Blue Notes. Um, we also, uh, by the way, on that actual Twitter question, I guess I should probably talk about that a little bit, seeing as you know there was a, you know there was a poll, there was votes, there was commentary on it. Let me go ahead and actually uh, pull that back up here if I can. I can find it here. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of votes on that. I mean, we had over a hundred votes on this. Yeah, on, it w- on this one, it was it was pretty much exactly what we were hoping for. Yeah, exactly. So we asked you, um, you know, Tory Krug is a St. Louis Blues defenseman. We're still as surprised as you are about that. Who should his defensive partner be? We had, as you said, Wags, one hundred and five votes. 56% agreed with me and saying that it should be Colton Pareko as Krug's partner as that, you know, top number one, number two pairing. 31% of you said Justin Falk, which I can see. Uh, 8% suggested uh, Marco Scan- uh, said Marco Scandella. 5% said someone else. Um, so there we go. Uh, we'll have our uh, new Twitter poll uh, here after the show, uh, and it is right behind me here. Uh, it is simply put... Tory Krug at six and a half million dollars, I believe, is a far better value than Petro at eight point eight million dollars plus a no movement clause. Prove me wrong. We're going to ask that on Twitter. Would you rather have Krug at seven years, forty five and a half million dollars, or would you rather have Petro at far more than that with a no movement clause? We'll ask that on our Twitter page at Blue Notes Pod after the show, and I'll go ahead and ask you that, Wags. Would you rather have Krug at that at, at six and a half or Petro at eight point eight plus a uh, no movement? As much as I love Petro, and I was clamoring for him to be here, uh, you joined us on our show Crunch Time earlier this week, and we talked about how this negotiation mirrored that of Albert Pujols, and and really this aftermath kind of mirrors that as well in a sense that you've got somebody that might be comparable at a better price and also allows your team to spend more money on guys that are going to be coming up as well. Colton Pareko is a guy that's going to be coming up soon. Robert Thomas still needs to be signed. What you do with Vince Dunn is, is there as well. Jaden Schwartz. So I am going to go with Krug at that money and at that term and, and liken it to what the Cardinals did by keeping Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, and so on and so forth. So I like Krug more than Petrangelo with the full no movement clause. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Petro's a better player. I mean, you know, that's oh, yeah. that's that that's there's no doubt about that at all. You know, if money wasn't a concern, I would far rather have Alex Petrangelo over Tory Krug. And that's not a knock on Tory Krug. That's just how much I revere Petrangelo and how good I think that he is. But, you know, the fact of the matter is Petrangelo will retire a Vegas Golden Knight. Yep. Period. End of story. That he ain't going anywhere. He can't go anywhere. Um, you know, and, and Vegas has a few contracts that are like that, which is going to be problematic down the road. They might be looking like, you know, I kind of compare them nowadays uh, to like the Toronto Maple Leafs of the Pacific, where you just have so much tied into just a few players and they might end up having Chicago Blackhawks type issues down the road. You know, I, I don't think Petro is going to be the next Brent Seabrook. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at the same time, it's going to be troublesome. You know, like, look at San Jose, for instance. You know, mm-hmm. have you looked at San Jose's the defense? They have like they have like all like so much money tied into just four defenders that are at least thirty or older, and one of them's Eric Carlson, who is made of made of peanut brittle. So you know that's that that's very problematic. 
Well, and you also look at it in a sense that, you know, the Blues have won their cup. Vegas is going after it, trying to win their cup. So they're going to throw everything possible that at the wall to stick until they win a cup. The Blues actually have that. And I know it's weird saying that, but they have that flexibility of knowing they've already won the cup. So they know that they're not fighting to get there. They've already been there. Now it's about finding ways to stay under the cap, stay profitable and get back there. Whereas Vegas is looking at it like, huh, we got to go win one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Vegas is definitely set up for, you know, the next couple of years. Absolutely. And then, you know, after that, well, you know, if you, if you get, if you get one of these, you know, up, you know, in your arena rafters, I guess you can answer the questions later. You know, that's, that's basically how Chicago did it, you know, and, and that's how a lot of teams, I think they're trying to follow kind of that formula, if you will. So, um, we'll see how that goes there. Uh, in terms of, uh, by the way, uh, we have a couple interesting things uh, lined up for you this week. In addition to Renee and her dad talking about Krug, we probably have the most epic Aloha commentary that we have had since this whole thing started and our partnership with uh, Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, has started. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, look. We, we we jokingly said last week that we cannot wait for the Aloha commentary from atop a volcano. He actually went up to a volcano this week. He went up to he he hiked up and you know it was a good mile and a half hike up an ancient volcano in Hawaii. Guy, bruh, dude, you did not have to do this, but you did. Um. And we have to, we you know, we have to, I, we have to hook him up somehow. So, um, at the very least, uh, next week on Blue Notes, Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, will be our third host. With he'll be alongside us for the entire episode next week. Um, no, we're not going to ask him to like go out into the middle of the ocean and stream with us or do doing something crazy like that. I love the effort, guy. I love the effort. Our, our our listeners, our viewers love the effort, man. But seriously, that's what she did this week's impressive. So we're gonna above have and that, beyond, above, literally above yeah. and beyond. You know, you know, way above sea level. So um, yeah, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Uh, not a whole lot going on uh, in, in terms of St. Louis Blues news this past week. Uh, the free agent frenzy has kind of you know you know, simmered down, you know, to a uh, very uh, light boil at this point. There's still some interesting free agents out there. Um, but is there anyone out there, Wags, that you would m- try to move heaven and earth for at this point? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, someone put out there and made a point that they're like, oh, yeah, Mike Hoffman's still out there. And you're like, oh, yeah. But someone also made a great point that every there's at least one player in every locker room that has probably played with Eric Carlson and wants to take a run at Mike Hoffman. And I don't <laughs> want that kind of negativity in the blues locker room. We already have that negativity with the, the fans on Falk. So uh, we don't need that negativity in the locker room, just, you know, outside of it on the players. I mean, that's natural. So I, yeah, I just don't see anybody in the free agent market that I'm like, that's the guy you got to go get. I, I really don't. I mean, Mike Hoffman would fit only if this were like the 90s St. Louis Blues and Craig Janney's uh, wife was available on waivers. You know, that, yes. you know I mean, I mean, spousal issues have been a part of the St. Louis Blues franchise <laughs> over the decades. Um, I don't know if they want that culture now, though. So, 
Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, Hoffman's about the only one that really jumps out at me. Uh, this this uh, past week, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs signed uh, uh, 94-year-old uh, Joe Thornton to a one-year $700,000 contract. Um, he thinks that the Maple Leafs are a great place to win a Stanley Cup. Um, and, Sorry. And, and Wags just impersonated the entire uh, uh, Twitter sphere, you know, with that little giggle there. Uh, it's Joe. I'm sorry, dude. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen at all. Um, one other thing that came out this week uh, is, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to talk, look forward to the next season, whenever that's going to be. First of all, I think it's pretty fair to say, Wags, we're, we're going to have to wait on that Blues Wild Winter Classic. I don't think it's going to happen. And- I don't think so either. And, and that's okay because that just means we've got another year of building up our reputation so that when that does come around at the, in the following year, we're up there doing this show live from the winter classic up in Minnesota. You know, that's, you know what? And that gives us a chance to save up, you know, prepare a little bit. Maybe we crash at, you know, state of Hoppy's house. You know, he's uh, uh, one half of the uh, soda pod here on the uh, hockey podcast network. And, uh, um, we'll see. I was actually talking to Isha, uh, who is uh, a co-founder of our network, and he also is the other host of the uh, Soda Pod. And you know, we were talking last night, or I guess Saturday night before uh, After Hours, which I had the pleasure of hosting this week. Uh, he was you know, telling me that he has, you know, he lives in Victoria, British Columbia, or at least in on, on Vancouver Island. I think he lives north of Victoria, and he was telling me that you know he's gotten to know so many Minnesota wild fans and people throughout his podcast that he has gotten so many offers to like crash on their couch. You know, he, he, he thinks that, you know, if he ever had to move to Minnesota, he would never have to pay rent ever basically. <laughs> Cause you know, he would just, he would just be that vagrant, you know, that's always on, on the couch. So, you know, that's uh, that's, that's some Minnesota hospitality there for you. I haven't gotten any offers like that here in St. Louis, but uh, um, we're getting there. We're getting we're, there. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're, we're working our way up to, you know, Isha levels of, uh, of vagrancy here on the on blue notes but uh speaking of the minnesota wild i bring them up a little bit um and i talked about this on after hours last night which by the way if you want to check out it was me and about uh, nine other nine others in the hockey podcast network just shooting the breeze having a few drinks talking about uh issues around uh, hockey a little bit about free uh free agency and uh it was it was a good time we went until midnight and you can watch it on the hockey podcast network facebook page or the Patreon page, which for just one dollar you can get a lot of unique content that uh, you won't see elsewhere within the network. Like for instance, Nicholas Horwat of Tip the Iceberg podcast, he is in the process of analyzing every NHL EA Sports game for the past twenty years and determining who the top, which games have the top five soundtracks. Um, content you will not find anywhere else. You know, and, and it was so funny, Wags, because like they were, you know, I I apparently did not know this was a thing. Um, Shane Ryan and uh, and Nick got into a bit of an argument over, like, you know, Shane was saying, well, NHL 14 had the best soundtrack. NHL, and then Nick was like, no, NHL 18 is the best soundtrack. I'm like, I don't even remember what was it. What 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 was what was the what, what songs were in those years? I don't remember. I don't even know which ones were in last year's. Same here. I, I I don't. I mean, I know that there have been some good songs that I've enjoyed while playing NHL, but I couldn't for the life of me tell you what those songs were or what yeah. year they were a part of. I mean, I can remember like you know NHL '94, you know eight bit sound, you know songs. I mean, who can who can who can 
if anyone that has played, you know, hockey video games, and that's, you know, our age, who doesn't, who can't recall the NHL 94 menu music just off the top of their head? I mean, seriously, down, 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 down. It's, it's ingrained into my psyche, you know, but in my opinion, the last 20 years, you don't have anything like that, you know, no. with, the, with the NHL games. But you know what? Get a refresher on our Patreon page at the Hockey Podcast Network. Nicholas Horwat will educate you on NHL EA Sports soundtracks. But uh, anyway, that was a bit of a diversion there. I uh, wanted to work that plug in. Um, and we brought up Minnesota because uh, there's some... There's some interesting things that are potentially percolating uh, among the NA, uh, among behind the scenes of the NHL, and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights owner accidentally revealed some potential plans for the 2021 season, according to uh, David Pagnata at the fourth period on Twitter. Uh, Bill Foley revealed some options the NHL has been exploring for the 2020-21 season in a radio interview yesterday with Brian Blessing. The options, and per a high-up NHL source, these. All of the that's all these are, as no plan has been formalized, include a 60-game season, a Canadian division due to border closures, which don't get Isha started on that. He's also a Vancouver Canucks fan, and he is not looking forward to those East Coast games in Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto. Just he's he is he's not about it at all. And I can understand that having to having to deal with the Vancouver Canucks in the playoffs and those 930 starts, I get it. I totally get it. Um, no decisions are expected this month. They're looking at a possible February 1st start date. Uh, everything will continue to be monitored and considered, including border closures and COVID case spikes. Um, Pagnata says he's expecting a gradual capacity increase as the season progresses before we get to full buildings. Uh, Ottawa apparently has a plan to put at least, uh, I think it's like 6,000 fans into uh, their arena, which you know, Ottawa's a franchise that could use all the you know money they can get. You know. Can they get to six thousand fans? <laughs> it, well, ooh, I hope Shane Ryan's not listening to that. He would, he, you know, of the Sens Hour podcast, he would, he would be yelling at us right now. Um, but everything's being weighed uh, as of now. NHL arenas are booked through the end of July. If NHL still wants eighty-two games, travel will play a factor. Even if borders open, expect a more geo-friendly schedule for twenty twenty-one with more back-to-backs, regardless of number of games. Still too early to determine what routes the NHL takes. But one thing is set, there will be a season. So some of these ideas here, first of all, I mean, obviously, Wags, you would like to see an 82-game season. You would like to uh, some semblance of normalcy. But a 60-game season seems like a reasonable compromise to me. Yeah, it does. And, and it also sets it to where you can kind of get the season's kind of back in line with where they're actually supposed to start. Because if you think about doing an 82 game season and you don't start January 1st, then you're pushing into midsummer, late summer, and then a training camp for next year, once again, gets pushed back. And maybe the start of the next season gets pushed back. So at some point we have to kind of get things back in line with what we're used to. So a 60 game season might be the best option. Uh, it allows you to kind of give some players a little bit of, of rest. Cause we saw what happened in, in baseball this year with so much, with, especially with the Cardinals with all of the back to backs and just t- players getting worn out. And you're, you're going to talk about, you know, roster expansions and all that. So I, I would just say, you know, 60 is probably the best bet. Make sure everything's in place and, and go that route. Yeah. Very reasonable, very reasonable. And, you know, you, you obviously don't want to repeat 
of like what's going on in the NFL this season, which they are getting through the season, but not with some headaches. You know, I mean, you had the Titans this past week. You had uh, the Chiefs. Uh, uh, our former Battlehawks quarterback Jordan Tamu tested positive. You know, that's a, that's a sad call. Uh, for sure. Um, you know, and, and just the NFL has had some issues. I mean, they're they're kind of working through them. And I'm just I kind of wonder if this if that's going to be the new reality for like the NHL, for instance, where, you know, they they did a great job with the Stanley Cup playoff this year. I mean, there was no positive cases. The bubble worked, but you can't have that for a regular season. I mean, you're pretty much imprisoning players for six months if you're doing that. And that's that. No. Just no, we're not even going to go into, you know, the Constitution and for, and, you know, your your rights as an American or a Canadian, you know, that just that just that that's just wrong. So you're going to have to have some travel. So the suggestion and this is this was an idea that was, uh, you know, pitched by um, someone on Reddit, I believe uh, Barstool Sports also picked up on it. Uh, you would have a Canadian division where you would have Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto. Ottawa and Montreal in one division, their own division. And that's, you know, obviously because, you know, there's border issues with COVID. Um, you know, you have to quarantine for 14 days. If you go up to Canada, that's obviously if you're going back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it's going to take about five years to get through the season. So you're just it's just not going to work that way. So you have that division. Um, the most important thing for St. Louis is that St. Louis would lose effectively Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado in their division this year. Those three teams would go to the West to play with Vegas, Anaheim, uh, the Kings, and the San Jose Sharks. So that'd be one division. Um, the in, in the Northeast, all the Northeast teams would stay together. So you'd have Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philly, Jersey, Rangers, Islanders, Bruins, which... If you look at the map, all those teams can basically take bus rides to each other, which I think is a little unfair. Um, but, you know, COVID doesn't care about fairness, obviously. Um, so that where does this lead the Blues? Well, get ready to welcome the Detroit Red Wings back into our lives because Detroit and Columbus would jump the central time zone and join Chicago and Nashville and the Blues, and then they would join... Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida in one division. So the Blues could be playing interdivision games against Pat Maroon and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So what do you think of this concept, Wags? Uh, honestly, I think it, 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 it screws over some teams. Yeah. Um, you know, it screws over the Eastern Canadian teams having to play out, you know, in Vancouver, Edmonton, that sort of thing. It screws Colorado and Dallas in a sense because they're having to play on the West Coast. And, Mi and Minnesota. honestly, Minnesota Min oh, yeah, Minnesota travel. too. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. That They're probably going to have probably the longest travel of all of them. Probably. Uh, and, and then you look at, you know, the Florida teams really, and that's gonna, it's going to screw them over as well. But there's really no better way to put them together. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's just the way it looks. Um, I, I'm. I would be excited to see Detroit back in here because obviously that rivalry for me growing up was very crucial to my childhood. Same. And and now all of a sudden you're going to have not only going to have Pat Maroon and Kevin Shattenkirk coming back up here, but then you're going to have Robbie Fabry coming back in with Detroit right. as well. So there's going to be a lot of Blues connections there and some you know interesting matchups. Um, I, I'm okay with it, but I'm okay with it for one season. 
after that, yeah. I want to get back to normal. Exactly. Same here. Same here. Absolutely. And, you know, the other reason I would welcome Detroit back in a division with the Blues. Because they suck now? They suck. They are horrible. Uh, they, you know, they should have gotten the first overall pick and would have if they if we didn't have a lottery system. But they are they're they're not good. They are not good at all. But they have Bobby Ryan. They have Bobby Ryan, and uh, if this were two thousand nine or so, this that would be exciting. But it's not. It's twenty twenty. Yeah, if not- that were if that were the case, you wouldn't face Columbus either, because then they'd have Rick Nash. So I mean, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I don't hate it, you know, for the Blues. I mean, because the Blues actually stay somewhat centrally located, you know, geographically. I mean, I think Nashville would be the most central of all the teams. But, uh, you know, the Blues, I mean, and, you know, going to Florida, you know, in, you know, February and March, teams aren't going to complain about that because, you know, it's Florida and it's warm. Uh, maybe in July they would complain a little bit, but uh, not in February and March. So, um I think for the Blues, it's okay. I think you're right, though, in that, like, it really screws over some teams. And as I said, that Metro division, you know, with, with Boston and all the New York teams and Jersey and Buffalo together, there's, like, almost no travel there whatsoever. No. That's, that is, that is you know, hugely unfair. A- absolutely. And then you have, like, Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto that would be constantly going back and forth from Vancouver. You know, that's it's that's a tough deal. Now, what? Another thing that was mentioned as well is that, you know, they might have to play more back-to-backs, you know, just because of travel. You know, I mean, you know, if you go to, like, say the Blues go down to Florida, for instance, you know, they may pick up the Panthers, you know, like on a Tuesday night and then either play them again Wednesday or go to Tampa. Would you, I mean, do you think that, but it kind of brings up an interesting question, though. So, like, in baseball, for instance, you know, baseball historically has had series where you go and play two or three games at a time and then you move on. Would you? Would that be a good idea for the NHL? That was actually exactly what I was thinking. As soon as I saw this kind of lineup, I was thinking, especially for the teams that have to travel so far, why not do sort of series, you know, mini playoff runs? And there might be some excitement you can draw out of that too because, you know, the, the, the strategies and things that would go into that as well. So I would definitely think that that would be more likely what's going to happen, especially if you're, let's say you're Toronto and you're heading out to, you know, Western Canada face Edmonton, Calgary, and, and Vancouver. Why not maybe knock those games out over the course of a couple of weeks, and then you're not necessarily having to travel out there frequently. It's it's kind of one big trip. Maybe you play a couple of three game series, and then you fly back, and maybe you don't even have to fly back there again. So that that was actually the first thing that came into my mind, and something that the NHL will probably look at. Yeah, that yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I wouldn't hate it either myself. I mean, <laughs> just because you know it's. It, you know, it would allow teams to stay in one place, you know, for a couple of days to ensure that they're not like bringing COVID, you know, from, you know, town to town to town to town. I, ideally, there'd be you want to try to mitigate travel a, as much as you can. Um, so like a three game set, you know, against teams, I think that's perfectly fair. Um, you would probably need to like, say, for instance, you'd have to be creative. So like, you know. The Blues could play in Florida like, you know, Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, let's just say. And then they can go to Tampa and play like Saturday, Sunday and then, you know, Tuesday, let's just say, for instance, just to give them a break day in there. Because, you know, hockey is a little more intensive than baseball, you know. So, like, if you're playing back to back to back, that's grueling. That is incredibly grueling. So you need to give them a break. But then, you know, that's a week in Florida. You've gotten six games, you know, six games out of the way 
you know, and over the course of a seven or eight day period, and then you, you send them back home. You mm-hmm. know, they can't. I mean, because the one pitfall with that is that you might leave a team like on the road, you know, for you know three or four weeks at a time. You know, so that you'd have to be like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, like I said, this, this virus doesn't care about fairness, so this is just we, the NHL is going to have to get creative with this season. But they did a great job with the playoffs. I'm confident that they will find a way to do this with with as little little issue as possible. So, um, but we just got we just got to wait. We've got to wait and see. I mean, you know, we're. Uh, um, I get the feeling that the conversation we just had are the conversations that the NHL is still having, just very hypothetical. At this point, so uh, I guess I guess we have to watch football now. Wax. I mean, because because I mean, there's there, there's nothing else going on. I mean, there's no NBA. Well, the World done. Series is getting ready to start, and, yeah. and the Tampa Bay Rays are, are in it right now. And you might it's either the Braves or the Dodgers. So I mean, you yeah. could have some interesting pieces and, there during the week. And the Houston Astros are not in it, which is good. So yes, you know. You know so there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. May have to may have to get into it. May have to get into some World Series baseball. Well, it's going to be on for a week. So yeah, exactly. And then we'll have some rule. Then 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 not long after that, we'll have college basketball. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, speaking of things that are fine, um, you know, normally at this point, this is where I would tell you what's coming up. You know, we would segue into Aloha commentary. Tell you about the guests coming up on the other side if we pay some bills and highlight a hockey podcast network uh, podcast. But uh, this week, they told us to be the promo. We are the promo that you're that you you'll hear us on. At least you should, assuming everyone's following the rules um, on all 30 of the other hockey podcast network podcast this week. And Wags, I'm proud of this. I think this is a damn good promo, and at the sound of sounding egotistical, I'm saying that. You know, I'm completely egotistical here. I, but you know what? We don't get a lot of chances in life to, to, to be total egomaniacs here. So we're going to be egomaniacs by playing the promo that everyone in the Hockey Podcast Network will see. And tell me when you're done watching this that you don't want to watch or listen to Blue Notes. Here we go. Hi there. Pleased to meet you. My name is Tom Franklin, one half of the Blue Notes podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got that 2019 Stanley Cup power too sweet to be sour. And we're also your home for the best blues analysis. Yes, it's it's a it's a Bruin, but he, he's he's going to help the power play. And and that's what people need to understand. And, you know, they're going to look at it and say, oh, well, Justin Falk was supposed to help the power play as well. Tory Krug is legitimately going to help the power play. Felt like Newport was ready to go into his offseason and use Petrangelo as an example and say, "Okay, we're going to play chicken here with with uh, with the COVID cap here. Someone is going to give Petrangelo his money." We also have great guests from here at home. St. Louis Post Dispatch, St. Louis Blues beat writer Jim Thomas, the organist for the St. Louis Blues, Jeremy Boyer, and around the world. Yo, Blues fans, it's Gerard, the Dutch Blues fan, all the way from the Netherlands. And no other podcast can say they have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent, but we do. Aloha! I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and this is my 
Aloha commentary. Plus, a little self-deprecating humor thrown in there. One of our new Blue Note Selkie level COVID mask, if I can turn it the right way there so I can properly sell it. I am, I, you know what? I am failing my prices right model audition right here. This is, this is terrible. He has opted for the uh, neck gator uh, version of this, and I'm still failing my prices right audition. Um, (laughs) voted the best podcast by our peers in the hockey podcast network follow tom and wags on facebook twitter and instagram at blue notes pod and be sure to subscribe to blue notes wherever you get your podcasts from this is tom franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle now give me miami here okay (laughs) thank you wags i i I accept this award on behalf of all the little people um that that have have gotten us to this point um no no that was great man that was that was really really good i'm really i'm really not good at at bragging about myself really this was my first attempt and it and it and it it bombed so you know but there we go we're going to be the promo this week on all of our hockey podcast network uh, episodes we're honored uh, of course, you know, we're always, you know, we're honored to be voted by you know, our peers as the best, you know, podcast in the network. It's always an honor to to say that. And so just uh, um, there we go. There we go. There are our fruits of labor at work here. So um, we stalled it enough. And of course, you know, you saw it in the promo. We are unique in that we have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. And he is a guy that you all he is a guy. His name is Guy. And he, uh, you all know and love him. He has been a part of Blue Notes uh, with his Aloha commentaries for the past couple of weeks. And I'm bigging him up right now. I am, I am lifting him up off sea level, just like he did to, to film this week's Aloha commentary. I, Wags, I still can't. We were joking, guy. We, we didn't actually, you didn't have to go up a volcano, but you did. You absolutely did. You absolute madman. But, you know. We're, we'll take care of you. We'll probably, I'll probably shoot you out a, a mask or something this week, just as a as a thank you. He actually asked for one in the video, by the way, Wags. So, yes, he did. I did know, see that. You know, I and it's like you know when you see what he did for us this week. I mean, it's you, the least you could do. It's it is the least we can do. do, and we'll and we'll have him on as a full you know host and guest next week here on Blue Notes. So, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, play. The Aloha commentary for this week. And then after that, uh, we'll play some bills and then we'll bring on uh, Renee and her dad to talk about Tori Krug and uh, a little bit of uh, Stanley Cup, uh, you know, nostalgia here. as because 2019 feels like it's about 20 years away because of COVID. So uh, we need we need something happy to uh, and something great to refresh our memories. So without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, play. That's uh, Aloha Commentary. Aloha. I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report. And if you've just seen, I'm taking you on a little bit of an adventure. Today I'm at the Wanakai Pillbox Hike, and I'll explain why I'm there in just a bit. Over my left shoulder is an island known as Chinaman's Hat, and I can't remember the name of the island on my right. But they're about a mile out in the ocean from where, from the ocean, from the beach. So, join me as I take you on an adventure.
Tom and Wags, you owe me a face mask and a gator for this. Well guys, I tried to film myself coming all the way up. I got three quarters. So I'll give you this beautiful scenery around the island before you get my commentary. There is the other pillbox. But I ain't gonna make it. Well, I made it to the top of the first pillbox. And why did I take you on this epic little adventure? Well, just like Lion's Choice, this place is famous for a reason. This hike is uh, moderate but challenging, and this place was used as a defense mechanism during World War II. This bunker and the one that I showed earlier were built in the 40s. Well, that adventure of defense is what the Blues are gonna have now. A lot of people are thinking that Falk, or not Falk, pardon me, that Krug and Pareko should go together. I kinda don't. Um, I think if you put Krug and Pareko together, that you may be putting too much of a distance in between your top line and your middle line. Uh, I would like to see Pareko with Scandella and Krug with Falk. I think that lessens the, the difference in abilities and it also gives you more minutes to spread around. At least that's my opinion on it. Um, oh man, I'm having a hard... Hey guys, not only do you owe me the mask and a gator, you gotta help me get some... Uh, Help me get some sponsorship for this because I'm going to need it for my medical bills after this one. Whew, I'm trying to breathe hard heavy there. So, you know, this is going to be a fun off-season. Um, Armstrong's doing the best he can, guys. Uh, he's got a cap he's up against. Um, he's making the moves he needs to make. He tried to keep Pareko, or not Pareko, Petrangelo. Petrangelo didn't want to stay. That's all there was to it. Uh, he can say he wanted to, but he didn't. The other thing to quickly talk about is the possibility of this maybe one-off division change where the Blues are going to kind of be in this central division that's going to have Chicago, Detroit, Columbus, Nashville, and uh, the two Florida teams. Not sure how much I like this. You have all the Canadian teams together and you're only going to play within your division. That's 11 to 12 games against the Blackhawks, against Nashville. I mean, that's good, but it gets boring. I, I, you know, I, I'm just not really sure I understand why they're trying to do it. I'm just not sure it's the right thing to do. Uh, whoo. Like I said, guys, you owe me for this one. This is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, almost out of breath. And I got almost a mile and a half to go to get to my car. And I'll kind of show you how far it is here as I uh, fade away into the sunset. Aloha and mahalo. And if I don't die on the way down, I'll see you on the next Aloha Commentary and Blue Note Fan Report. Please like and subscribe to the Blue Notes Pod and my fan report. Aloha. Okay, guys, as I go away, you see that island there? 
my car is directly behind that hill. That hill is that far away. That's what I did for you guys. This episode of the Blue Notes podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? You know if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. Have you ever wished she was smoother down there? She probably has too. If you're anything like me and or just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect below-the-belt. Manscaped has us covered. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Whew. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates growing areas for closer and more precise trimming. That's insane! If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping again with promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code THPN. The best in men's below the belt groom. beautiful nhl 94 music means it is time for our blue notes face off of the week and for the first time in blue notes history we are going to have a boston bruins fan on our podcast uh wags i know it's hard but we got to do this we got to get through it it's going to be okay um luckily i call this bruins fan a friend of mine um her name is renee cummings uh, she is the uh, one half of the new uh, co-hosting team of the Generation Bruins podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we had the Brits on Bruins uh, for uh, for the Hockey Podcast Network. They have moved on to uh, start the Europuck podcast. Uh, they're staying within the family, uh, but they're they both are from England, and so they wanted to uh, take a shift towards European hockey, which is a they're very informative. Uh, it, it's uh, it's it, uh, odd man rush and Chris Gatsby know their European hockey. And I always feel like I learned something when I listen to their podcast. So check them out. But in the meantime, in steps, my old radio buddy from Fort Wayne, Renee Cummings and her dad, uh, they both uh, it's, it's a, it's a father daughter combination. And we're glad to have him here on blue notes. You haven't seen them yet because we actually had to, uh, due to some scheduling issues, um, we had to have Renee and her dad record the answers to the questions that you're about to hear uh, beforehand. So we've kind of cobbled them together. We spliced them together here, and uh, you'll get to hear them uh, here on Blue Notes. So uh, our first question, and, and you understand why we wanted to have them on this week when I asked them the first question here, and that is your first reaction 
to when you heard Tori Krug was going elsewhere? For me, I feel like I felt every emotion except for being happy. I was sad. I was upset. I was mad that he was leaving. What about you, Dad? Well, in this day and age, if you could put it in an emoji, mine would have been the puke emoji, just to make it short and simple. Did something happen during contract negotiations between Krug and Boston? Was the Blues' interest in Krug as surprising as it was to us? With the things that I've heard about the negotiations, I mean, it it sounds like, um, you know, the Bruins just didn't offer him enough money for his liking or his agent. I'm not sure, you know, how much input Krug had in it, but, um, you know, it sounds like they just didn't offer him enough money, so the Bruins pulled the offer off the table, and... um, you know, we we know what happened next. Yeah, he signed for basically the exact same deal, but with the Blues. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was very surprising that he decided to go to the Blues and that the Blues even wanted him. Sure, a lot of teams would want him, but the fact that he signed essentially the same contract but for an additional year, it's like, you know, he praised the, the city of Boston, how he wanted to stay there and all this stuff, and then he, he leaves for just, the addition of one more year, I mean, to me, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, what can I say? You've talked about Krug on your podcast already, and you've made your love for him very, you know, very apparent. What made Krug so beloved with with you and also the Boston fan base? For me, it was the, his passion and desire. I mean, here's a guy that's five foot nine, and... He would be all over the place. He was a physical player, which is hard to believe for someone that size. But his heart and passion for me is what set him aside from other players. I mean, if you had a whole team that had his heart and passion for the game, I mean, you'd be you'd be winning the cup every year. Yeah, he definitely uh, – I mean, <laughs> we mentioned this on our podcast a few times, but – the heart and dedication that he had was beyond anything I have seen from recent players in the NHL. So many players are are good, even great players, but they don't have the heart and passion. And then you take Krug, who you know he's a he's a a very good player, but he's even better because of his heart and passion. At this point in time, now who is considered his replacement? There, I would. I would say it it might be too early to tell on that one. It, it could possibly be Charlie McAvoy, but it could also be Matt Grizzly because they're both good puck moving defensemen. And and you know that was Krug's biggest asset on the power play was uh, you know his puck moving ability. But I would I would say it was, it's either going to be McAvoy or uh, Grizzly. Yeah, I'd I'd be fine with either one of. Uh, those two replacing him. I hate even saying that. Okay, so we've established that Krug was a big part of the Boston franchise. What are the Blues getting with Krug? We keep hearing how great he is on the power play. Uh, <laughs> you're you're literally getting everything with Krug. Yeah, like I said, he's he's good at both ends of the ice. Um, his size doesn't matter to him. Um, you just you're getting a guy that he has like a sixth sense out there on the power play. He's 
he can see things happen before they happen, if that makes any sense. But yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to miss him. Yeah. Like I said, you're getting everything with him. Finally, uh, hockey is a team game and getting along with your teammates is so important. After Krug laid out Robert Thomas in the Stanley Cup final, your thoughts on how Krug handled that controversy on Twitter? I feel like at this point you have to be civil because what are you going to do? Beat up your uh, teammate because you're still mad about something? No, you you get over it. I feel like a lot of these guys, you know, you, you have a big fight with someone and then you're probably texting them the next night saying, oh man, sorry about that. Like, <laughs> hope you're okay. A lot of these guys grew up playing hockey together, and and you'd be astounded at how many of these guys actually know each other. And and it's not like it was a dirty hit. It was a clean hit. So, you know, I don't don't see why there would be any animosity between either of them. Yeah, I think he handled it well. He handled it with humor, and if if, uh, Robert Thomas is still mad about it, they can figure it out on the first day of practice together. Oh, yeah, they can, uh, you know, there's plenty of fights that happen during training camp, and uh, if one of them has a problem with the other one, that'd be a perfect time to hash it out. All right, so let's go into recent history here. Boston fans, you know, of course, they were the Blues opponents in the 2019 Stanley Cup Final. They took the loss, I felt, as kind of like, oh, shucks, and just kind of moved on with their lives, acted like they've been there before. Uh, is that is that an accurate point of view uh, in, in your eyes? Uh, I'm going to say no, because if your team is playing for the cup or the Super Bowl or anything like that, it's not just an aw shucks you lost type thing. Like if you're a a real fan, you're going to be upset about it. Yeah, I don't know any Bruin fan that had an aw shucks attitude about it, especially how the officiating went in that series. And, you know, I I guess that's all I'm going to say about it. And we love Boston media here in St. Louis. Not really. Uh, The Boston media seemed to give the Blues a lot of flack for their physical play in the Stanley Cup final. Did you feel the Blues were being too rough? I don't think that there is too rough in hockey unless you're like literally like being (laughs) horrible, horrible, horrible to somebody. Uh, I don't think the Blues were being too rough. I just think a lot of the Blues things weren't getting called. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Hockey's never been too rough. But uh, the officiating was definitely questionable in that series, and um, I'll just leave it at that. All right, so Tuka Rask, we got to talk about him. He he left the bubble during the playoffs, and there's some speculation as to what his long-term future is in Boston. It looks like he's coming back, but what is his future in Boston? For me, I absolutely love Tuka Rask. I wouldn't want anyone to replace him. Obviously I don't want him to go anywhere. However, it's, it's his choice. Uh, His future in Boston for me, I hope he has a future in Boston. I I don't understand why so many Bruin fans don't like him. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, He's had his moments in his games where, you know, he hasn't had the greatest games in the world, but you know, that, that happens for every athlete. And, um, you know, obviously it stands out a little bit more if a goalie has a bad game. Uh, it's going to stand out more than the third-line defenseman. But, uh, yeah, I hope he stays. Everything I've heard, it sounds like he's going to. But, uh, you know, hey, 
that could change this afternoon. And you can't end an interview on Blue Notes without plugging yourself at every opportunity. So where can we find you guys, social media accounts, and, and what are you guys talking about this week? If you want to follow the Generation B podcast, you can at Generation B pod on Twitter. Thanks for having us on this week. All right. Renee Cummings and her father here on Blue Notes. Want to thank them for coming on. Check out Generation Bruins. I assure you, even though it is about the Boston Bruins, uh, Renee and her dad have a fun time. And uh, you might learn something by listening to their podcast, too. So I want to thank them for coming on here and uh, being able to accommodate uh, uh, each other's uh, weird schedules here. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Blue Notes. Uh, next week, uh, you've heard him uh, every single week on Blue Notes, uh, at least for the past you know couple months. Uh, the Hawaii Blues fans, Aloha commentaries. Well, um, as a bit of a thank you for uh, you know his efforts here, and also just uh, you know fill some fill fill the content hole a little bit. We're actually going to have. Uh, guy the Hawaii Blues fan on as our uh, guest for the entire episode next week so if you want to hear his uh, more on his thoughts on the offseason his uh, his his love of the blues um, and just you know anything else uh, get your questions in right now 314-329-4349 or you can just leave us a tweet or a Facebook Uh, if you've got any questions for him please uh, feel free to share them with us I'm looking forward to having Guy on he's been a uh, uh, great ally in this in this effort here, and uh, uh, we certainly appreciate uh, him having him on. Wags, any final thoughts? Uh, you know what? I'm just ready for something to happen again in the world of the of the NHL, and hopefully, we get a decision here in the next couple of weeks about when the season will start. Uh, whether that's beginning of January, mid January, beginning of February, I don't really care. I just want to get some clarity and move forward. Yeah, I, I'm real. I really am too. It's it's it's, it's this. And now it's just we're, we're going to get into that time time phase where we're just going to be without hockey. I mean, there's going to be no hockey news. It's just going to be kind of a void. And this it, it's going to be so difficult because we're used to hockey this time of year. The weather, it feels like hockey weather outside and yet no hockey. So anyways, um, just a reminder as well, uh, we're, uh, you can get our new Blue Note shirts on teespring.com. Uh, uh, just look for the uh, Blue Notes store there. It's uh, teespring.com slash doors slash Blue Notes. We'll link it in the uh, description here uh, so you can check that out. We also have our masks. And don't forget our question of the week. Would you rather have Tory Krug at $6.5 million per year or Alex Petrangelo at $8.8 million per year plus a no-movement clause? Uh, we'll have that on Twitter for you here uh, after the show uh, wraps up here tonight, which is going to do which is going to happen right now. So I want to thank you for listening because without you, there is no me, there is no WAGS, and there is no Hawaii Blues fans, a lot of commentary, and there certainly is no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle.
are listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.